Welcome to the Best in the Rest podcast, the show where I, Preston, review things. I'm just an average guy who hates his job and is trying to make his way out of it. In the podcast, I try to give the average person's perspective on pieces of media that people label the best, and I'll see them for myself. We're giving a rating belonging to the best or the rest. When I say the best, I don't mean that it's the number one of all time. There's no beating it. But I think it's more of a group that is, you could make an argument for it. If it doesn't fall into that category, I'll say that it belongs to the rest. So for a little piece of news here, I got on Twitter. I am on the Twitterverse. Going to be a great way for you to connect directly with me in my pocket. I can guarantee that if you tweeted me and I am at work, I will leave what I'm doing at work and respond to your tweet. How's that? That is devotion. That's a guarantee. What other podcast can promise that? That's why you tune in here for the material that no one else can give. You should follow me on Twitter, by the way, at TBATR Podcast, The Best in the Rest Podcast. If you type in just The Best in the Rest Podcast, I should pop up as well. You'll see right now that I'm playing through Ghost of Tsushima. That was originally supposed to be an episode for this, but between work and other commitments and how fucking long that game is uh, when it comes to doing all the side missions and stuff, I thought that this was a nice little easy episode that I could sneak in. I think it was for a show that has a lot of accolades and there are a lot of people that says, and I think that there are a lot of people that say that this show is one of the best. So then therefore, I think it's worth it. On the bright side as well, my channel actually has views now. Count them four, four total views on the channel as well as two beautiful subscribers. It, that's a 50% conversion rate, right? Uh, YouTubers would kill for those kinds of numbers, but obviously I am on top of the game. I am obviously on my way to YouTube stardom iTunes stardom, which by the way, successfully submitted my request for getting this onto iTunes. Uh, we'll continue to update from there. It literally took me however many hours of just fucking researching how to do it and getting it set up. There are an endless amount of hoops and it's almost as if they don't want podcasts. It is incredibly ill-conceived. So for this week, the piece that we're going to be looking at is something called a silent voice. It's something that was actually recommended to me by my sister. She doesn't know that I have the podcast. I've been keeping this pretty on the, the down low so far while I'm just kind of playing around and experimenting. But she really liked it. She knows I'm into Japanese culture, especially manga and anime. I have a pretty big list of things that I've read on there, and uh, I hadn't heard of this before, so I thought it was a very good way just to jump in and kind of broaden my scope a little bit. I'll also transition that into if you want me to review your show or game or whatever it is, including manga and anime, happy to read a series for you. Send the request to me by sending it to the best in the rest podcast at gmail.com or tweet it at me at TBATR podcast. And I can guarantee you that if you message me now, while I am still trying to get people to listen to this, I will read or watch whatever you send me. That is a absolute guarantee. Also, please send some feedback my way. I'm new to this, trying to play around with things subject-wise and especially how I'm structuring the videos from here on out. I think that it's going to continue to vary greatly. I think 
I already would redo the Avatar The Last Airbender one that I did. And the Last of Us Part 2 review that I did was getting closer to the mark, but still some improvements. This one, I think, is more or less the way that I'm going to go from here on out. But, you know, it was a learning curve. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. So, quick summary on the show or uh, what is on the docket today. It is A Silent Voice. It's on Netflix. If you aren't familiar with it, it was very popular in Japan. It had a massive critical reception. I'd only heard of it recently, like I said, from my sister. It has a 94% Rotten Tomatoes. It won the Best Animation of the Year in the 26 Japanese Movie Critics Awards, along with many other Best of Awards. There was an absolute box office boom with it. It took over like 2 billion yen upon release it was number two in the Japanese box office like people absolutely flock to go and see this I will say just for clarification's sake if you're listening to this and you are familiar with it there is a manga that is also a bit deep deeper diving than the movie itself I haven't read this this is specifically just going to be about the movie like I said it's on Netflix feel free to watch it Um, you know I'm going to give you a very quick non-spoiler opinion So that way, if you want to kind of hear what I have to say about it generally, or, you know, if you think it's a good premise or whatever, and you want to go watch it, you can feel free to do so, and you can come right back. Uh, So in a very non-spoiler opinion, uh, I think it's good. I think you should watch it. I am not going to give my actual rating of the best of the rest here. I'll say that for the very end. But uh, the premise for this is it's heavy. Oh, it's heavy. You smoke them if you got them, right? I would say that if you're not easily able to handle mental health issues, including suicide, depression, you might actually want to skip this one. That is your uh, legitimate trigger warning if that is something that you are concerned with, right? Because this movie doesn't really hold back anything when it comes to that that aspect of life and that reality that happens, right? It starts by traveling on with a boy named Shoya Ishida, a boy who's going over a lot of mental and emotional baggage over some of his past actions. It was basically centered around how he bullied a girl named Shoko Nishima, who was, by all means, legally deaf. She's not completely deaf, but for the purposes of this review, I'll just keep saying deaf. He bullied her in middle school. One day it eventually went too far. He gets reprimanded. They get into a fight. She eventually moves schools, and he has the fallout from his actions. People stop talking to him. People start picking on him, and he eventually becomes some of a somewhat of a loner. And it and it gets and it gets really heavy really quick. Right now, like I said, I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna not go into too many spoilers, but just know that there are a lot of things in this movie. Some things might throw you off, and some things might you know really take you when it comes to like the heavy emotional topics. So like I said, deals with some heavy topics, but it keeps you interested with some of the characters that you're watching. I think that it is worth a watch. I don't think it's perfect. I do have some cons that I'll mention, but if you are looking for a show, you can do it. It, Just in general, I think the animation is really beautiful. One of the core points of the movie is that it uses sign language throughout, and it's like a Japanese version of sign language from what I can pick up. I know like one or two phrases in American Sign Language. I will not pretend that I'm fluent by any means. I will not pretend that I'm fluent by any means when it comes to American Sign Language. But to me, at least from the layman's perspective, it looks very legitimate. 
there's no just flashing around of hands. It is very deliberate. This word, this word, this word, this phrase. And the motions and the rhythms that you see when someone is actually signing through something is actually really cool. Like you get this sense that it is somebody who is fluent in sign language like Shoko, the main uh, deaf girl. You know, she obviously flies through sign language and she's been doing it her whole life. Her little sister, uh, Yuzuru, she does the same. But then there are people who aren't as familiar, like uh, Shoya, the, the boy who was the bully and kind of our main character throughout. He is just learning. So he starts to struggle. He is, you know, questioning what sign to use. You know, you can tell it's very much of like a mental action He's not fluent by any means. I thought it was just a really cool touch because you can kind of see the gears turning in his head when he talks. And I think it's one of those things that you can just really appreciate it from just a purely animation standpoint. You just sit there and go, I, wow. Like, they put a ton of work. You know, really, there's no cut corners when it comes to how the actual sign language is performed. You see the expressions on characters' faces. You feel that they were really making some painstaking efforts to show off joy, sadness, despair, hate. And, you know, you can really feel all the characters' emotions when they are on screen. I don't think that there was anything that was over the top when it came to animation. It all seemed to be very much within the realm of what you'd expect. And I think that if you are purely just somebody who likes pretty animation, this is for you. I think the characters are really great as well. That's uh, pretty much like the other major sticking point in the story for me. Uh, there are a few small issues that I'll get to when we go into spoilers. Things that I th thought seemed a little bit off. But, you know, they felt like real people in a sense. You know, when they're kids, they're kind of shitheads, right? Because kids are. Uh, it's like the John Mulaney bit where it's like, I am terrified of a group of 13-year-olds on the other side of the street. I will walk to the other side. Same thing here, even though they're younger. And yeah, they're just shitty kids. And yeah, you go, I can't believe that we're falling around a kid who is super shitty. He seems like an awful person. Why are we messing around with this? But then you also have the aspect of later of, okay, yeah, he's, he's very clearly grown since that point. And even though I hated him in the first part, even though I thought he was the most unlikable protagonist, you know, here I am caring about his well-being in the second act. So I, I think that... In the deeper moments, the characters really shine. I think the highs are really high. And I think that there are some lows that do drag the movie a little bit. For example, there were a few head-scratching moments with some characters. You're like, why Why would you possibly do that? There is no logic to that. I had that mo moment uh, about twice where I was like, that doesn't make sense. And you kind of hand wave it. You know, I think it's really important for me personally when a character is deep and has a couple deeper influences and motivations you know if a character's just one note you're like god just just end it what a boring drag but you know that didn't happen here and i think that most of the characters were thought out and had deeper moments and those are the ones that shine and those are the ones that get the main focus i think there's one specific point that if you don't speak japanese you might be a little confused i know i was like i was sitting there for about five minutes going like what wait 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 just ha what just happened and I know what you're thinking, doesn't this have subtitles? It does have subtitles, but it actually adds the confusion a little bit. Like I said, I will I will expand on that one in the spoiler section. But you're you see the correct subtitle for what a person said, 
and the other character reacts to what you and another character reacts totally out of what you thought was said as a viewer and since you're relying on subtitles you're like why are they talking about x and it turns out that there was a misunderstanding but it's not really clearly conveyed right and you as somebody who's relying on the subtitles were like i didn't see any problem with that and then you kind of come in as okay I, I guess that's what happened sure i mean it didn't seem to be a problem before and i don't know why it was a problem now and we don't see that same problem again with somebody misunderstanding someone like in that context and i know i'm being super vague right now but just to stay away from spoilers that's because it is a pretty big spoiler you sit there and you're you're just more confused than you are sharing the emotion of the character right uh, I also thought this movie was a little long. It's about two and a half hours. So you just sit there and you're like, okay, come on. Let's kick it into gear. Let's get back in action. There are other people I want to see. There are other characters I want to explore. Let's let's get it moving, right? Uh, so that's kind of my general overview. Those are things that I would say are things to watch out for uh, when you do decide to give it a go. Like I said, I watched it on Netflix, but I'm sure there are other sites that uh, stream it as well. I think for legal purposes, I'll say that you should stay completely and totally for paid subscription services or purchasing it. Ahem. But if any of that interested you, feel free to pause this, go watch it, and then come back and let me know what you think. So the spoilers are starting now. So like I said up above, this movie is about a, a really, really, really shitty kid that's super unlikable as your protagonist. I was sitting there in the first act going, is this the kid we want to deal with the, for the rest of this movie? And then, you know, later on, you see the character grow. You see that he's remorseful for his actions. And you go, okay, I'm I'm a little bit more on board now. Like, if it was just the kid the entire movie, I wouldn't recommend it at all. Because the kid was just unbelievably unlikable. But, you know, later on, it kind of gets into the question of, am I worthy of being forgiven, Shoya, this, this main kid? Because of the things that he's done, because he knows he treated Shoko, the deaf girl, in a really awful manner... These are the things that he deals with. That's why at the beginning of the movie, you see him attempt suicide, or he is about to attempt, he's about to jump off the bridge, but he is stopped, and he goes back, and he has a really tough conversation with his mom about it, and it's it's a really impactful, emotional situation, and you know that if you've ever dealt with that kind of person before who does have mental issues, who and has thought about suicide or talked about suicide that that conversation that they have at the kitchen where she's basically making him promise not to try to commit suicide again is real you know there's a lot of crying there's a lot of yelling and screaming because people are still trying to process it right this movie did a very good job with that i think that if you're looking at this movie I think with the rest of this movie, like I said before, animation's really beautiful. I think there are a couple of ways that things are presented in frames, and, and you really go, well, holy shit, that's beautiful. That's a really beautiful shot right there. You know, you find yourself really watching the hands of the people who are actually signing, and, uh, you know, it didn't seem like there was a shortcut that was taken in conveying the proper signing aspect to this movie. I think that there are a couple choices that they made character-wise and animation-wise that kind of fuse together really nicely. They blended together really nicely. For example, Shoya is alone. He is a loner. And he, in his mind, 
sees everyone with a big X over their face. And so you see whole crowds of people with X's, entire classrooms. He doesn't have a friend. And I thought it was just a really, really great way visually for us to get inside the character's mind. You know, there's not a single friendly face that he sees at school. He is alone. But what's even better is that that first moment when he starts to trust someone and open up to them, the X, you know, peels off of their face and he kind of opens himself up to this this opportunity to be with somebody. And it works both character-wise and animation-wise to put you into that next mindset of, okay, he's opening up, right? There, there, it is, it is made very clear to us as the audience and it only helps to serve the character. So it's pretty much just like a two for one, really great move in my mind. I think that it is a very good way to do it. Um, but then, you know, and it also goes on the flip side to even add more to it, where if somebody does betray him in his perspective, or if he feels like he can't open up to them, you know, the X reappears on their face. It's a really fantastic visual tool. It is absolutely superb. I think that the characters in this are mostly really well written. I think that Shoya, Shoko, Tomohiro, Shoya's friend, Yuzuru, like I mentioned earlier, Shoko's little sister, and, you know, I think they're, they're great characters. I think that there are a few choices, like I said, that were kind of dumb character decisions for the sake of having a conflict, but I'll get into that when I get into the negatives. But for the most part, in a very large swath, characters are great. I also really appreciated that even though this dealt with very mature subjects, very deep and dark subjects, that it handled it really well. The issues of being deaf, the issues of being deaf, the fact that kids who are under 10 are some of the worst people when it comes to bullying and peer pressure and how they act even though it's wrong, when it comes to repercussions for your actions, when it comes to depression and suicide. You know, these are all very heavy topics, but it was able to kind of keep the, the boat moving most of the time to take you into a realistic way of how these issues affect people and I almost said real people because even though they're not real their actions and reactions were real to me when it came to those deeper issues you know uh, there's an issue of you want to move on from your past but society won't let go of that image of you specifically when it comes to Shoya because people see him as a bully people see that he did these awful things and even though he doesn't want to go back to that place and he is remorseful for his actions, he can't get that monkey off of his back. I also think that, and this isn't like a very common review or anything like that, but I also think that the fact that this got animated in the first place I think is actually really cool. I imagine the pitch for this was probably pretty hard, so I'm happy that they went for it. I can't imagine that hey, this movie isn't about the death girl that you like and her issues with society. It's about this shithead kid who bullied her and his redemption. We're going to ramp up the animation budget by a gazillion by having accurate and detailed sign language throughout. You know, I, th I think that takes balls, and I'm glad that they went for it. On And I think it was very well-deserved on that side of things. I think that it's very cool that this went from concept to picture, and they pulled it off really well. Going into the negatives, I think there were a few things that stood out to me. And I mentioned them earlier, but I think that it's basically like three major things. Character choices, the length, and some side characters that I feel could have been greatly improved. 
There's a girl named Ueno who, back in the day, when Shoya and her were friends, uh, they used to bully Shoko. They meet again later in the movie, after they've grown up, and while Shoya and other people are trying to accept Shoko, this girl Ueno still just bullies her and treats her like shit, and nobody else in the group is saying anything or doing anything, and they kind of just continue to let it happen. And even though it starts to ramp up to these crazy levels of, why is she here? Nobody seems to do anything or say anything. There's a part in the movie where Ueno and Shoko go off on their own. They go ride a Ferris wheel, right? Whatever. And um, Shoko's little sister like attaches a video camera to Shoko and doesn't tell her, but she turns it on. She turns it on so they can record the conversation. And later on, we get to watch the video and Ueno's literally talking to Shoko. Again, they're grown up now, right? It's not just kids bullying each other anymore. Like, oh, I was mean when I was 10 years old. It's this girl who's, you know, they say middle school. And Japan's kind of weird with the way that their school system's set up. Or rather, maybe not weird, but rather just different than how we do it here in the U.S. I fucking hate you. You took Shoya away from me. You drove us apart. I've always hated you. I'll always hate you and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, just really fucking digs into her. And so you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Both Yuzuru and Shoya are like, oh, my God, I can't believe she said that. Oh, my God. You know, everybody's having, like, the right reaction to this with saying, you know, what the fuck, Ueno, that's not cool. But nobody tells her to her face. They kind of just let that happen. And then they keep in, they keep bringing her around to things. You know, imagine yourself if you are in a real situation where you're in a friend group. Somebody is just loved by the friend group. There is, you know, John Doe, Jane Doe, whatever. John is just loved by the group. Everybody loves him. Everybody is always on his side. And he even has an issue with being hearing impaired, with, with being deaf. And you're like, oh, my God, we have to do everything we can to help to make that person feel comfortable. And then there's another person in your group who just bullies them viciously. And you have evidence for how that person treats John or Jane Doe when nobody else is around, just like total garbage. So you sit there and you go like, why, why is she still here? Why are you still inviting her? There, there is no reason for her to keep coming around. And, you know, and towards the end, she eventually does like a, she, tries to learn sign language and then everyone's like oh my god she's really trying oh that's really great but it's like no 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 no, you never like apologized you never did anything why the fuck are you here you you treat her like shit why would you possibly want them to keep tagging along with you it just seemed uh really weird to me that nobody did anything after you get like this major character moment of wow she treats her like shit but nobody does anything Another character choice that I think gets fumbled across, and it kind of gets inflated too if you don't speak Japanese, and this is the scene that I was talking about earlier. There's a scene where Shoko tells Shoya that she loves him. She fucking screams it, right? You see the subtitles at the bottom of the screen saying, I love you. So you, as somebody who doesn't speak Japanese, assumes that it was said without issue because, you know, I don't understand. They, they could have been saying anything, but the subtitles told me, I love you. So, okay, what's going to happen next? And then Shoya starts talking about how the moon is pretty. Like, it, like it, it, it totally takes a turn left when you're expecting straight. And and you're like, what? 
wait, 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 you almost think you missed something, right? And it's because there's like a cultural gap. And I looked it up and the word for love and the word for moon are like super similar. So even more so, you're kind of sitting there like, I, I must have missed something, right? But that's not really what happens. And then further on top of it, I think that Shoko, Shoko hasn't had a problem earlier in the movie with people not understanding her when she does have to speak. You know, you kind of have the, she has the voice of a person who can't hear themselves, you know, so it is kind of that like muffled way that they talk. And, but it still seems like people understand what she's saying. And she also doesn't have that problem later on as well. So you're like, well, what just happened? Was this just like a one-time fluke? Like, was she was she nervous? What what was it? And, you know, and a, quite a few minutes go by of you just being confused instead of getting answers. And eventually you do get the answer of, oh, well, she said it instead of signed it. And Shoya misunderstood her. But then they also never touch that again. They never go and talk about, hey, on the bridge there when I said the moon and you started saying something else what was that you know nobody ever brings this up so it kind of goes on without resolution there's this character thread that just kind of dangles at the end and you don't really get closure on it I think another point is that the length of the movie kind of drags it could have been served a little bit better on some side characters and expanded on like why they were involved uh for example there's about 30 minutes that I think were like kind of totally cut out and it's not exactly 30 you know it's around there but I didn't feel like it had to be two and a half hours long I felt like it kind of dragged you know a few scenes of dialogue where the point was made but they're still talking or point or plot points where you go I kind of feel like this is just lengthening the movie and for example apparently in Japan uh, it's illegal to jump in public rivers and Shoya does that and he gets suspended What, whatever you know cultural thing yada yada but that leads him to Mizuru, and it goes from there. And you just go, okay, but we were kind of dicking around about this for him first jumping into the river, and then he gets shared at school, and then he gets called to the principal's office, and they ask him if it's real, and other people start asking him if it's real, and then he gets suspended, and then there's repercussions of him being suspended, yada, yada, yada. But he, and they use that as a way that while he's suspended, he went to go to the park and that's where he meets Uzuru for the first time but it's like I don't know could he have just met Uzuru while in the park later non-related to that it probably would have picked with the pace quite a bit and I realize that there's a character point for Uzuru there but it just seemed like there was just all this extra filler stuff where you're like okay I get it he's suspended let's move on right and that's just one example it's not a perfect example but it's an example Right. I much rather would have seen those 30 minutes be used towards something else, like giving the side characters any kind of motivation or personality. Right. There were two characters specifically that I'm thinking of. Miki, who is the class president, uh, at least from what I could gather, and her friend Toshi. And you just kind of wonder, like, why they're there. Uh, Shoya talks to Miki and says that her hair looks nice or that he's wondering if she got a cut somewhere, whatever the exact line was. And her sticker of the X falls away. And so now she's down to meet Shoko after all these years. It just kind of seems like, why? Wait, why are you here again? Why do you care? Why are you about this? Like, and why was, you know, if I have somebody about their hair, I don't know if I like feel closer to them. I don't know if I've opened up to them by asking them a question. It just seemed kind of like a, that was the barrier. Huh? You know what I mean? 
And then there's this other guy, Toshi. He doesn't play like a major role again. He's a minor character. But I literally had to look up his name again. I was like, who who was this guy? Like I remembered that guy, redheaded guy or whatever. And you're like, why 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 are you here? Are you just tagging along? And he's people are talking to him, people like him apparently in the group, and you're like, I, I still don't understand why you're here. Who are you? You know, and so it just seemed like, you know, if you take out the suspension scene, for example, and put it towards like why they're here and why they're uh, involved. I think it could have served the movie a lot better and it could have killed two birds with one stone with, you know, maybe not making it seem like a drag uh, in some parts, you know, but for my ending thoughts, I think that it's a good movie. I think that it's really good in a few ways, but I think it needs a lot of work in other spots. There are a few really heavy subject matters and I feel like uh, those are really important to talk about. They need to be talked about, but you're kind of just waiting for these resolutions uh, for those major plot points and you get a little bogged down. You know, I kind of found myself checking the time left on the movie halfway through and then I went, oh my God, there's an hour and a half left. So it's, it, it seems like you go, where can this possibly go? And it goes in some good places. Like I said, the highs are really great. Shoya saving Shoko from, from committing suicide, really great. Them finding each other afterwards, really great. Shoya at the very end, eventually learning to accept everyone he starts crying he sta- he can't stop crying the x's on everyone falls to the ground he opens himself up again really beautiful really really beautiful stuff some really great high points um but i think that when there are these lower points i feel like they're kind of just being chucked on the back of the high points and it's like and and again i don't hate the suspension scene i'm just using it purely as an example it's like okay suspension scene doesn't carry anything but hey there's a point where they meet each other after he wakes up out of a coma and you know people won't remember that and so you're like well why was it there in the first place so that's that's just that's just my opinion you may feel free to disagree let me know if you agree or disagree those are my initial thoughts regarding the movie as a reminder you know just remember this is just an opinion and we can all feel free to disagree with each other and still be civil that's the review. If and as a reminder, make sure to send the next request for next time's podcast at the best and the rest podcast at gmail.com or you can follow me at Twitter at TBATR Podcast. If you follow me over there, you'll have a very good idea of what the next review will be if I don't get anything. Uh, but again, feel free uh, to send something over. I would really look forward to interacting with you. So make sure to like and subscribe, share, help the channel grow. Peace out. And I'm thinking I got to start putting music tracks in for an outro or an intro. I'll, I'll learn how to do that next time. Thanks again. Take care.